This is episode 129, a behind-the-scenes coaching call where I help a one-time marathoner plan for a second, hopefully much faster, marathon. Welcome back to the Strength Running Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Fitzgerald, and I have an exciting show for you today. Usually, I talk with the smartest folks in the world of running and exercise science to help you improve. But today, you won't hear an interview, but rather a coaching call. I spoke with a runner named Justin, who's getting ready for his second marathon later this year. We're discussing his past history, how he trained to run his first marathon, which he finished in 353, and what he can do this year to improve as much as possible. If you're new to the Strength Running Podcast, Welcome. I'm excited you're here. This is a different type of show because we also have complimentary resources for you on our website, strengthrunning.com, or on the Strength Running video channel on YouTube. Check out our past episodes or website for how you can optimize everything from your strength training, injury prevention efforts, and your mental skills. This episode is also supported by our partner, SteadyMD. If you haven't heard of them, they offer runners a primary care doctor who's also a runner so you can get better medical care. Get any labs or specialist referrals easily, never wait in line or pay copays, and have your doctor available via phone, text, or video chat anytime. Visit steadymd.com strengthrunning to see the details and what they've put together for you. It's a great service for hard-charging runners, and I'm proud to partner with them. That's steadymd.com slash strengthrunning for more. All right, if you're a marathoner, or even if you're not, and you're just curious how you might continue improving any of your race performances this year, this episode is for you. I'm chatting with a 25-year-old runner named Justin, who's been running off and on for a few years. Last year, he ran his first marathon in 3.53, but he has big goals of eventually qualifying for Boston. How can he get there? What can he do right now to best prepare himself for marathon training later this year? And what upgrades to his training should he implement to continue progressing? Those are the topics that Justin and I will be talking about today. I hope this episode gives you a few more ideas on how you can take your own training to the next level. If you're unsure, you can always email me at support at strengthrunning.com and I'd be happy to help. Without further delay, Please welcome Justin to the Strength Running Podcast. Hey, Justin. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Hey, how's it going? Good. I'm excited. We are doing a coaching call podcast where we're going to talk uh, about your favorite topic, you, all about your running and your goals for the future and how we can help you get there. And I understand that uh, you ran your first marathon last year, and now the goal is to get better and hopefully qualify for Boston. Do you want to give us a little background, though, Justin, on who you are and you, what your experience is with running and kind of uh, maybe the story around your marathon last year? Sure. So I'm 25, about to turn 26. I live in Philadelphia. Um, I'm a PhD student at Villanova. Um, so I don't really have a crazy long history with running specifically, but I guess growing up, I was always an athlete. I played football, basketball. I ran a little bit of track in high school, just a little dabble or so. But then I really just kind of stopped running in college. And then, you know, as most people in college do, gained a little bit of weight, got pretty lazy. Um, and when I graduated college, realized I needed to 
kind of get back in shape, get back to how I used to be in high school. And so because I didn't have sports there, I just started to run. Um, and given that I was trying to go to graduate school, I just found running as a really great stress reliever. And that's initially how I used it just through, you know, every day I go out an easy couple mile run. Um, and then as I started to get better, I started to really enjoy running. That's when I decided, cool, let's try a race or two. And then as I started to, you know, set more goals for myself, I'm kind of an extreme person. So I just decided, you know, why not just go ahead all in and run a marathon? And so I never, I've never run like a half marathon, 10K race before. I've ran, you know, a couple 5K races. So my first marathon is, you know, my first real big race and I just caught the bug. I love the marathon distance. Um, I felt, you know, really comfortable at it, I guess. So I just want to get better from there. I love it. And, and I love how you noted that you started really getting into running when you started experiencing improvement. And yeah. I, I certainly can relate to that. I, I mean, I kind of got obsessed with running when I started seeing my race times drop, when I started seeing myself capable of running higher mileage and doing faster workouts. And that progress really does feed on itself. You certainly get more and more into the sport, the more and more progress you experience. And, you know, Justin, I'm very uh, encouraged by your history. You know, you've run a sub four marathon, your marathon time last year and your first race was 353. Is that right? Yep, that was right. So yeah, 353. You, you haven't been a runner for a really long time. You don't have an extensive race history. So in my view, the only way forward is 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 positive. You are just going to keep improving. You know, you have a, a, a long road of progress and improvement ahead of you. So that should be very exciting and encouraging for you. And um, maybe what we can talk about now is how you trained for that marathon, because a lot of improvement has to come down to the training itself. You know, what did you do to get that 353 result? And then we can look for areas of improvement. And if you improve those things, almost undoubtedly, your result will improve too. So give us kind of a training snapshot of what your training was like leading up to that 353 marathon. And uh, was it the Philadelphia Marathon, by the way? No, it was Nashville, Rock and Roll Nashville Marathon. I just moved up to Philly, I guess, eight or nine months ago. So I haven't been up here for too long. I used to live in North Carolina. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, my my PR marathon is from Philly. My wife's family lives outside of Philadelphia. So I have some fond memories of the Philadelphia Marathon. Uh, and Nashville, if I'm not mistaken, was that a hilly marathon? Um, the first part was. The last part was not super hilly. Um, but they put, I, I thought was the hardest part of the course at the very end. It was just very boring, like just a really long out and back the very end, which I really despised. All the fun stuff was at the beginning. So yeah, that's kind of hard when you need the fun stuff at the end to almost distract yourself from the fatigue of running a marathon and being you know, near the end of a 26 mile race. Um, so yeah, let's talk about your training leading up to this, you know, you know, maybe your weekly mileage. What was that generally like during your training? Uh, how consistent were you with long runs? Were you doing any faster workouts? Um, so I guess for mileage, I peaked out at, I think between 40 and 45 miles per week. So I never, I definitely was not a high mileage person. Um, whenever I started running or started training for the marathon, I was only running maybe 20 to 25 miles a week. Um, but I was 
very consistent in my training. I don't think I ever missed a single workout. I'm really good about, I usually never miss workouts or miss long runs. I think I did three 20 mile runs and I did a bunch of, a good bit of speed work throughout almost all of my like half marathon and 10 K I guess supposed PRs come from just tempo or progression runs that I did during my training. So I, in the first time, you know, I did track workouts. I did a weekly long run up to, like I said, 20 miles peaked out at, I think 43 miles. All right. That's pretty good. And you know, uh, the fact that you ran 20 miles more than once is a very good sign. You know, it's a good thing when runners have uh, a substantial long run done consistently over time. Because, you know, if we're talking about the marathon, we're talking about a very long race. This is basically the longest race that you can do that's not considered an ultra marathon. And the distance of your long runs, the consistency of those long runs is probably you know, one of the most important factors for your success in the marathon than anything else. You know, I, I think it's uh, more important than the total mileage you're doing. I think it's probably more important than any workouts you're doing. Uh, so it's great to see you being consistent with that. And I think uh, if you wanted to continue improving and getting better in the future, that's something that you should definitely try to do again for your next training cycle. Um, now, what kind of workouts were you doing? It sounds like you were pretty consistently running a workout and, uh, usually, you know, workouts are some of the more challenging, but also complex and maybe even confusing or intimidating parts of a training program, especially for someone who doesn't have a long history with track and field or cross country, you know, a background in these kinds of workouts. So give us an idea of what kind of workouts that you might've been running. Sure. So I guess I had at least one either track workout where it would be, I don't know, at the very beginning was doing 200 repeats to then 400, 800 repeats, or some, some weeks it would have been just like a fartlek workout or like a progression, medium, long run, something like that, at least once a week. Um, I have a really small background in track. I did two seasons in high school, so I had like familiarity with running on the track but I definitely wouldn't consider it, you know, any sort of actual history, I suppose. But yeah, so every week it was some sort of speed workout, um, 400, 800 repeats kind of thing. Now, how fast would you be doing those? Um, I, I believe my 400 repeats were like a minute and 30 seconds doing 10 to 12 of them. And All right. Wow. Six minute pace. Eight minute, yeah. They were. Very, I remember them being very hard. And I guess I should say, going into the marathon, I wanted to. My goal is to run eight minute miles. That's at the point where I was feeling really good, and I was doing all my long runs at right around nine minutes per mile. And then when I went into the race, I just kind of freaked out. Didn't think that I would actually be able to do it. And so I said, Well, I know I can run twenty miles at this pace. Let me just stick at that pace the entire time. So I guess that's like how my actual race day happened. So I was running, I was training a lot fast for a faster marathon and just kind of had a, had a freak out the day of just really wanting to finish kind of thing. <laughs> that certainly happens sometimes in the marathon. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're not alone there. Um, so yeah, you ran, you ended up running, you know, 353 flat is just about 854 a mile. So right. if that's what you're doing for your 
long run pace for the most part, uh, maybe a little bit slower for your long runs. But then you were doing some workouts and, and these are fast workouts. I mean, 10 to 12 by 400 at 90 seconds a rep, that's six minute mile pace. Now, were mm -hmm. you doing workouts like that for a long time? So for example, like, was it 12, 14, 16 weeks or so of workouts at, at a similar intensity as that 400 meter example? Um, no, I would say the training plan that I was using, they had them built in at the beginning. It was a lot less than that. I guess that example was just one of the peak intensity weeks, you know, leading up to the race. Um, but I don't think, I do not think that I was running that intense from the very beginning because I probably wasn't able to at the very beginning. Um, just as the speed, as I increased my speed and my, you know, just a endurance throughout the training plan. I was, I did this stuff later on. I see. Did you do any workouts that were similar in, in structure or pace to a tempo run? Yes, definitely. If weeks that I didn't necessarily do a track workout, it would be a tempo run. And so it'd be a couple mile warm up, then eight to 10 miles at what I thought was going to be my marathon pace, like right around eight minutes or sub eight minutes, and then a little cool down at the end, kind of alternating weeks. One week would be a track workout. The next week, week would be some sort of tempo run and then repeat kind of like that. And that was just all in the bulk of the training. There was less of that at the very beginning, more just focused on building up the endurance base. Yeah. So I, I'm also encouraged by the workouts that you're doing. It sounds like um, you know, I'm encouraged to hear that you were not doing 12 by 400 at, you know, what sounds like probably faster than 5k pace for a really long time in the training cycle. That's a good way to foster burnout or maybe even overtraining. Uh, certainly will put you at an increased risk of injury if you're just working at a really high intensity level for month after month after month, you know, it kind of is an unsustainable workload, but it sounds like the the training program that you were following was structured really well. It progressed. It was periodized. Um, you weren't doing those super hard, more challenging workouts for a, a big chunk of the training plan. You know, it kind of peaked. You were also doing a lot of uh, longer distance long runs, which I think is the the number one factor contributing to your success. Um, tell me a little bit more about what your mileage levels might have been like before you started training for this marathon? I mean, were, were you, uh, did you spend any time building a base or, you know, what did the six months look like before your marathon training? Um, I guess six months looked like I was building up. I wanted to get to the point before I, you know, started the training plan that I was running around uh, 10 minute or around 10 miles for a long run, 10 to 12 miles for a long run. So I say I was probably running three to four days a week, probably 20 miles a week leading up to that. Um, I guess when it, six or eight months before that, it was starting from not really running at all because that's right at the time where I, you know, started running with a purpose, I suppose. So started from essentially nothing leading up to 20 to 25 miles, slowly building that up, up with, you know, from six to eight months beforehand. Got it. Okay. And, uh, when you were doing your long runs during marathon training, uh, were they all done at a relatively easy pace? You know, you mentioned about nine minutes a mile, or do you do any 
uh, goal marathon pace work within the long run or any other kind of structured faster running within the long run itself? I think I did one finish fast long run, but I remember it being really difficult. And I, I, yeah, I remember it being really hard with the last five miles or so being 30 seconds faster, 15 seconds faster, I believe, than I was running the rest of it. Um, but I think there was only one of those. The rest of it was just getting used to running 20 miles. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah, so this is good. This is really good, Justin. You're you're training really well. Um, it seems like you executed a a well thought out training program. Uh, and you know, honestly, there isn't an enormous room for improvement here because you did everything really well. Um, now, I also understand that after your first marathon, you ran three fifty three. You had to take a bunch of time off from running, right? Yeah, I took probably six months off just because we were moving. I was starting a new graduate program. So a lot of stress involved there. So I wanted to part of my you know recovery from marathoning. And then it just kind of extended into six months later where I was running maybe 10 miles a week. Not nothing very significant. Yeah. Now you are running right now, right? Yeah, I've been running for the past three or four months more consistently slowly building up my fitness again. Wonderful. That's always good. Now, what kind of mileage levels are you doing right now? And what does your long run look like? Right now I'm doing right around 30 miles a week. I've done that the past two to three weeks. Um, I started off, I guess my long run now is nine to 10 miles. I'm just slowly building that back up again before I start another training block. I did about a month of where I like really dedicated hill workouts and just only almost exclusively trail running because I was really wanting to, you know, I didn't have a necessary goal at the time. So I just thought it was fun to go run on trails and get a lot of elevation gain there. So I was running I guess for the, the last month or so, I guess before this, these past couple of weeks was only like eight or nine miles, but it was taking me in like an hour and a half because I was doing trail running with you know, 2000 feet of gain on that run kind of thing. So yeah, that'll, that'll slow you down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that was just more for fun. And now that I've more focused on wanting to run another marathon in the fall, you know, switched more to road running again. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, when I was training for marathons and, and really trying to run as fast as I could, most of my running was on the trails too. And, and I would say that you probably don't have to really start focusing on the road too much until, you know, you're two, maybe three months out from the marathon itself, uh, because, you know, you want your body not to be in a total state of shock when you start running hard on the roads. Um, if you spent all your time on softer trails, you know, all the impact of running on the road at a faster pace is, is certainly going to be a little bit more stressful. Um, and so you want to make sure that you're prepared for that. But I think trail running is great for road runners because it has all these great benefits that road running doesn't, you know, things like more varied terrain, more varied uh, elevation and turns. And so that really helps with injury prevention. It helps with, uh, I think, a little bit of agility and coordination and general athleticism. Uh, so I would continue to trail run if you're enjoying it. You know, you certainly don't have to abandon the trail running because you want to run a marathon this fall. Um, now, do you have a marathon picked out for this fall? Um, the, there's a few that I'm looking at. It's just a matter of 
how far we want to travel. And I, there's one I think I was going to do those lottery based. So not depending on if I get it into that one. And then the fallback is the Philadelphia Marathon in November. Okay. So yeah, we're talking probably in October or November yeah. race. Late September, October, preferably. All right. Well, the good news is that you're already building a base right now and that you have a lot of time. So we're not in a situation where your long run right now is nine or 10 miles and the race is 12 weeks from now. It would be in a real tight squeeze if that were the case, but that's not the case. You have all this time to prepare. And I might actually recommend that you take um, the time that you have from now and until the race and split it up into two different training cycles. So work backwards, you know, choose whatever marathon that you're going to race and then work backwards, you know, set up maybe a 16 or 18 week training cycle for the marathon. And then earlier, you know, kind of what you're doing right now, I would encourage you to train for some other races uh, because you don't have a strong race background. You know, you don't have uh, a lot of 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons that you've run in the past. I think uh, trying to get faster in those shorter distances is going to be really helpful for a bunch of different reasons. First, you're just going to practice racing. I think racing is a skill. It's one that has to be developed through practice. And, uh, you know, if you get faster in the shorter events, then, you know, you're building speed that is then going, going to be available to you in the marathon. So it will help your marathon. It will help your general racing skills. And it will also really help you uh, think about the goal that you will then set for yourself in the marathon. So for example, I mean, if all of a sudden you run a half marathon in an hour and 20 minutes, now that's, that's kind of a, a really fast time, especially compared to your marathon that you ran. But just as an example, if you blow your half marathon expectations out of the water, then it's a good indication that you're ready for a much faster marathon than you, than you think. So for, for that reason, it really does influence your marathon goals that you have, uh, your prior race history. So definitely encourage you to, you know, maybe put some races on the schedule in the next one, two, three months. However, you know, the, the scheduling works out between uh, when you have the marathon this fall and now. So the racing, I think, is going to be really valuable for you. Uh, and then I think now maybe let's talk about the marathon coming up this fall. We don't exactly know which one it'll be, but let's talk about some ways that we can improve on your training. I think, uh, I think one of the big ways that we can really help your training improve so that we can then improve on your marathon time is with your overall weekly mileage. I think you ran great long runs, great workouts, and for a first marathon, you know, and, and you not really putting too much pressure on yourself to perform, I think you had a good performance and, uh, higher mileage is really one of the next, uh, the next things for you to look at in terms of improvement. You know, what is the next, uh, stone that we can turn over for more avenues of progress. And I think high mileage or rather higher mileage is a really good option for you. So for example, you mentioned, you know, maybe getting up to like 40 or 45 miles in your peak training for the marathon last time. Was that right? Yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, now that you're running about 30 miles a week, um, I think you should continue to very gradually keep bumping up that weekly mileage over the next couple months so that, you know, sometime this summer, whenever you start your marathon training, that you can start somewhere around 35 to 40 miles a week. And then you can set some training records as you progress toward your marathon. So you might want to get up to, you know, maybe about 55 miles, give or take five miles per week. And that is going to give you much more uh, capability. You're going to develop more endurance. Uh, you're going to get stronger and be more resilient to injury. Uh, I think the benefits of high mileage are pretty clear at this point. And if you're going for a, a good marathon, you know, if, if your goal is to run a fast marathon, you really have to think strategically about mileage levels and how you're going to get there because running more miles per week is easily one of the best ways to improve over these longer distances. Um, does that mileage level feel a little intimidating or, or something that you don't think you can do? Um, no, that was actually like whenever I was thinking about, you know, before, how could I improve? That was the first thing I thought of is that I knew that I was definitely could run more that I, in what I learned in my marathon training was that I in, really enjoyed running a lot more because I was doing a lot more mileage than I'd ever done before. And so that was exactly what my goal was, was to kind of start this next training block at around the mileage that I was peaking at so that I was kind of, you know, taking it to the next level kind of that way. Great. Yeah. That's going to be a really good strategy for you. Yeah. If your training plan kind of started around 40 and peaked around 60, I think that would be uh, a, a wonderful mileage level for you individually. Uh, I think that'd be great. Now, do you have any injuries in your last training cycle or, or even recently? No, not at all. I've never really had, even back when I was playing sports for my entire childhood, I never had any super major injuries. Well, you're, you're like the 10% of runners that don't get hurt. I know it's coming. So <laughs> you're like a superhero. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, well, that's good. I mean, that's another very encouraging thing because, you know, if, if you had a lot of problems at 40, 45 miles a week with the workouts you were doing and the long runs, you know, we would have to really take some dramatic injury prevention measures to ensure that you stay healthy. Uh, but it doesn't seem like you are very injury prone. So that's a good thing. That means we can kind of just continue on with our training. We don't have to, you know, do anything drastic here. Um, so I'm glad you're on board with the the extra mileage. I think that's going to help a lot. Um, now, were you doing your 40 to 45 miles a week during your last marathon cycle? How many days a week were you able to run when you were doing that kind of mileage? It would be four or five. Four or five. Okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe this time around, you start doing five or six days a week. Uh, if you do get up to 60 miles a week, you might find that you need to run seven days a week just to spread out the work. Um, and, and I think a lot of folks think that running every day means that you're not going to recover. It's going to spike your injury risk. But let's be clear that if you're spreading out the same mileage over more runs per week, then you're really distributing the stress more evenly throughout the week. You know, I'd rather run 20 miles in five runs than, you know, try to run 20 miles in one run. It's a lot easier to do it in the former way. So 
if you can get up to maybe five to seven days of running, particularly at those peak weeks, uh, th that'll make it a lot more manageable and easier for you to actually get in those miles. Okay. Awesome. Um, the other thing is just your long run. Um, it sounded like your long run progressed from about 10 miles to several 20 mile long runs in your last training cycle. Do I have that right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is good because, you know, you got up to 20 miles, you ran several of them. What I think is better is if you spent less time during the training cycle building your long run distance and instead just spent more time at those longer distances. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're just going to run 20 miles every weekend for like eight weeks at the end of the training cycle. Um, you might actually run a 21, maybe a 22 miler. I like to have more advanced runners cap out at 22 miles because um, if they can get it done in less than three hours, then then I think that's a good thing. Um, but what you're going to do is essentially cover more distance over the same number of long runs. So if you can start the training cycle, maybe around 13 or 14 miles as a long run, and then you know, you can build up to 20, maybe you do a, a one or two of those longer long runs at 21 or 22 miles. But the, the thing that you can do more of, and this is really um, kind of a, a separate addition to your training is to do more marathon specific long runs. So you, you've already done great with building your mileage up to uh, your long run distance up to 20 miles. That's great. If we're spending less time building, then we can spend more time doing quality work. So that means, you know, let's run 20 miles, but maybe the last five miles are at your goal pace. Maybe we only run 18 miles. It's a cutback long run, but the last eight to 10 miles are at your goal marathon pace. Maybe you do a series of uh, repetitions at maybe half marathon pace or goal marathon pace over the last half of the run. There's a lot of different options almost an unlimited number of options, but uh, I think making some of those long runs a little bit more challenging with some goal pace work or other sorts of repetitions is, is another good avenue for improvement because you, know, you didn't do too much of that last time. I think you just did one of those long runs. Um, but you know, if we, if we think about specificity, the most specific thing you can do for the marathon is a 20 or 22 mile long run with a good chunk of it at goal marathon pace. So I, I know you, you struggled a little bit with these workouts in the past, but you know, can you see how if you were to get up to say 21 miles and then do a cutback long run, that's a little bit shorter, but doing some quality might actually be a similar level of difficulty. Yeah. I definitely think that that would be incredibly beneficial. Yeah. Just to spend less time just adjusting to the distance and more time, like mastering the distance, so to say. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, these kinds of long runs also give you a really good opportunity to practice your fueling and to practice, you know, wearing the shoes that you're going to wear on race day. You know, if you're not planning on running in your trainers, if you have a, a pair of, you know, flats or something like that, that you're going to wear, then, you know, these are, these are almost like, you know, almost like tune-up races. It's not a race. You're not running at a maximum effort, but you're really practicing something that's very similar to the marathon. So you want to fuel the same way that you're going to fuel during the marathon. Uh, you're going to wear the same shoes. 
Um, if you're not planning on wearing headphones during the marathon, then let's not wear it for these very specific types of long runs. And so really what you're trying to do is gradually, you know, allow your body to experience a run that looks more and more like the marathon itself as you go through training. And that will just help you prepare more for the specific demands of the marathon. That sounds like it'll be really, really helpful. Yeah. And so you, uh, let's talk about goals. Uh, so I know your goal is the marathon, but in terms of a goal time, uh, you did mention hopefully qualifying for Boston. Is that a goal that you want to qualify or I'm sorry, that you want to achieve this fall? Or is that more of a long-term goal? That's more of a long-term goal. I I'd say that's like probably two to three years down the line. My goal for this fall is to run sub eight minutes miles just because I know that's what I was training for last time and that's like what I felt comfortable more so at and wanting to more master the race day rather than like I said have a more of a like panic and now that I know that I can finish a marathon work on more I guess improving it so that's, that's what I think is more of a reasonable goal for me is eight minutes per mile and then slowly over the next couple of training cycles decrease it further. Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. I mean, the fact that your first marathon was run at a relatively comfortable pace after all the great training that you did, that does tell me that you have some enormous improvement in the marathon coming up, especially if you both improve on your training and then improve on your race strategy. So yeah, I think there's going to be a ton of improvement there. Uh, one of the best ways that I like to estimate race performances is to use your prior race performances. It's very, very much different than the stock market. You know, past performance does indicate future performance, but you don't have a, a big race history. You're not running a bunch of races, which is one of the reasons why I think it would be beneficial to run some fairly soon. But do you have any, uh, you said some, you've run some 5Ks, is that right? Yes. All right. What's your best 5K? Uh, 20 minutes, 26 seconds. And that was before I even, I think that was like before I started marathon training, that was just like a fun 5k. I, nothing since I've actually really started running, I guess, training and stuff. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You're going to blow that out of the water yeah. if, <laughs> if you try, uh, even a 5k at 21 minutes. I mean, that's about 645 a mile. And if, if you are using this concept of equivalent performances, you know, in terms of it, how competitive they are, you know, a 21 minute 5k is worth about a 325 marathon. So if you have the capability to run 21 flat in the 5k, then with the proper training and, you know, with enough time to prepare, of course, you're probably ready to run about 325 in the marathon. So yeah, I would definitely be looking at taking 30 to 40 minutes off your marathon time this fall, because I think with some more race experience with, um, you know, getting your other race times faster, uh, then I, I think you're just going to be, it, it's almost, I don't want to say it's going to be easy, but, uh, I would be very surprised if you didn't, you know, run, you know, much faster, you know, if you were, any slower than 325 or 330, then I would actually be very surprised. That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that gives you a little confidence. 
but let's talk about some of those equivalent performances because you know let let's just say your goal is 320 which is 738 mile pace uh i know that's faster than what you just said your goal might be but you know i want to encourage you to think a little bit bigger because i think you can do this i think you are absolutely there um if you wanted to run some times this spring to kind of give yourself some extra confidence that this is possible um, you know, I would try to get as close to 20 flat in the 5k as I could, um, you know, with the training you've been doing, honestly, I, I think you could run even faster than that, which, you know, any faster is just gravy. That's just great. Um, if you were to run a 10k, I'd want you to be, you know, maybe around 42, 30 or under. And then for the half marathon, I'd love to see you under 95 minutes. So those are the times that I think about when I think, you know, a 320 marathoner. If you're someone who can run 320 in the marathon, your other PRs in those distances should be roughly about that time. So th that gives you some good benchmarks to look at as you plan some races this spring um, and, and try to run those really well. Because, you know, if you can run all these equivalent performances to, you know, a much faster marathon, that should tell you that if you do the work, if you get in the training, then you're going to accomplish that marathon time. Yeah, I have a quick question about that. Um, how do I balance, you know, wanting to build up my weekly mileage with also wanting to train for a faster race? Like where, you know, I guess I, when I think of running, like training for a faster race, I think of more speed workouts, which would necessarily not be long, you know, increasing my mileage simultaneously. So how would I, how, like, how do I balance that? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think because your long-term goal is the marathon and because you're, uh, you know, I would say a relatively new runner and you don't have five or 10 years of experience underneath you, then I would say I would err on the side of too little speed work and more mileage because that's going to give you more fitness in the long term. It's more specific to your ultimate goal. And I, I also think that you're just going to be able to run pretty fast on, you know, maybe one hard workout a week and a good long run. Uh, I don't think we need to, you know, have you on the track two days a week doing grueling workouts, which means that you can't really run a lot and you're too tired for a good long run. You know, we still need to make sure that we're building your long run. And usually if you have a workout during the week, that might be a little bit more geared towards the 5k or the 10k, and then you're doing a good long run on the weekend. That's the nice balance of, okay, I'm getting in my speed work, but I'm also building and maintaining my endurance with that long run. And then gradually you can kind of build up some of the mileage that surrounds those two priority days, but you can certainly do both at the same time. Just, uh, you know, you know, uh, err on the side of running too little speed work, because I don't think you can, uh, I, th I think it spikes your injury risk in a way that high mileage doesn't because it's just so stressful, you know, in a very specific, you know, workout, you know, one workout can just leave you wrecked for days. Whereas a long run, you know, it, it's a different kind of feeling. It's more of a fatigue rather than a muscle soreness kind of an issue. So I think, um, if you were to do one workout a week, but then of course, you know, run strides. Uh, I think strides are, are phenomenal. They're very fundamental and they're good for runners who are getting ready for a 5k 
or a 50K. You know, they're, they're the kind of this uh, fundamental thing that everyone from freshmen, cross-country runners in high school to the best track athletes in the world do on the regular. So that should give us a good lesson that these are very fundamental uh, drills to be doing after, you know, two or three of our runs every week. Um, and I think that would be enough. That would be enough to get you to improve substantially in all these shorter distances. And at the same time, building a great foundation for you to then layer on top your marathon training later this year. Okay. That's yeah. That, yeah. That clarifies things a lot. And that's kind of what, you know, my immediate thoughts were, how do I balance those two things? But that makes a lot more sense. So thank you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm feeling really uh, optimistic for you, Justin. I think your future holds uh, much faster races. I'm excited to see how you will do not just in this marathon, but any races that you schedule this spring, because I think, you know, I think you just have so much improvement in front of you that you're in a very exciting time, time in your running career. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So I guess first things first, you get to decide what race you're going to do this fall. Yeah. So I've, I was looking at the, there's one in DC. I can't remember the name of it. You know, I wanted to kind of stay relatively close to me. Um, that was the first or the last weekend of September, but also some friends that I have live out in Portland. So I've always heard that Portland marathon is really beautiful. Now is first weekend of October. So I, I really enjoyed my first marathon going somewhere that I hadn't been before Nashville. So kind of want to do that again. I really enjoyed big city marathons. So I think I want to air on something similar to that. Well, good. That sounds fun. Just uh, one word of advice. Try not to choose a marathon where the temperature might be really high because then you would almost be uh, putting in all that work over the summer and early fall. And then if you run a really hot marathon, you know, in September, especially if you're near DC, I used to live right outside of DC and it can still, September feels like, you know, very much summer at that point. And, you know, you simply can't run that fast when it's really hot out there. You have to adjust your expectations and slow down a little bit. Um, you know, for a long race like the marathon, uh, hydration becomes a real big issue. So just keep that in mind as you're planning your races. Um, just remember what an old teammate of mine used to say, in the heat, I don't compete. Yeah, I really struggle running in the heat. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Yeah. And you've, if you do have to fall back on the Philadelphia marathon in November, you know, the fact that it's, uh, I believe late November almost ensures that the temperature is going to be on the cool side and you're not going to deal with any high heat or humidity. And, and that really lends itself to fast marathons. And, and for me, at least I always like to, um, you know, try to control everything I can. And one of the easiest things for you to control is simply what race that you're running. And choosing a race that's not, you know, in August or September, even in a hot area and, and trying to weight the odds in your favor for having good weather is a good way to hopefully run a good marathon. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Something I hadn't really thought of before. I was more just thinking of what's the city I would like to run around in. Yeah. And do what, do what interests you as well. I mean, we're, we're kind of talking about how to optimize your performance, but at the same time, if you want to travel somewhere and you know, it's going to be a little bit warm and that's okay with you, then, then, then that's fine. You know, you have to do what kind of excites you and, and makes you happy, of course. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, Justin. Well, hey, this was fun. Uh, I, I hope you've gotten some good ideas to update your training and to upgrade things as you move towards that marathon this fall. Uh, and then also have some ideas for what to do in the next couple of months to hopefully give yourself the best chance to have a solid training cycle later on and also a great race this fall. So thanks for coming on the podcast, talking about all your running and your training, and I wish you the best of luck. Yeah, thanks so much. I definitely learned a lot and I can't wait to get a new PR. Yeah, and I might have you come back on just to uh, give us a quick update on <laughs> how all these races have gone for you because I'd, I'd love to see how much you can improve by. I think it's going to be substantial. Sure, I would love to. Hey, it's Jason. I hope you enjoyed this coaching call about running a faster marathon. Even if you're not training for a marathon, or have any interest in the marathon, my goal is to always be giving you new ideas to elevate your running performance, no matter what goal you might have. All right, two quick announcements before you leave today. First, have you left an honest review of the podcast on Apple Music? I would greatly appreciate it, and there's simply no better way, aside from perhaps sharing the pod with your running friends, of telling me that you appreciate the show. Thank you, I so appreciate you. Finally, I also want to thank today's sponsor, SteadyMD. They're like a personal concierge doctor for endurance runners. They help you with nutrition, recovery, and injury issues that a regular primary care physician usually can't tackle. If you've ever seen a doctor or a physical therapist who has no experience with runners, then you know how valuable this is to athletes. Having a doctor who gets you in your running is really priceless. And of course, with 24-7 access and a doctor who's also a sub-3 marathoner, you know you're getting great runner-specific service. Go to SteadyMD.com strengthrunning to see if they have any spots left and check out all the benefits of working with a doctor who's also a runner. That's SteadyMD.com strengthrunning to see all the details. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll be in touch soon.